learn your lessons. Mommy didn't like you very much. Lay off me! Lay off me, Stephen, you hear me? Shut up, you son of a bitch. If you ever come here again, and I'll kill you. I swear it. You're mine, asshole. All mine. I am the future. You hear that? I am the future. Last year, there were 280,000 incidents of violence by students against teachers and their classmates in American high schools. Unfortunately, this film is based on true events. Fortunately, very few high schools are like Lincoln High, yet. of the action returns i'm your host brian and with me as always is a man that does not take no shit from no high school kid my brother nez what's up man yo man just glad to get back to this man it's been (laughs) been a minute for us everyone sorry about that just life gets in the way but we're back everything going good with you yeah, uh, everything is good as it can be. Just gonna help my son move from his apartment to a new one. So, uh, about all that's happening here, just work and it warmed up a little, but it's still cold at night. Yeah, I, I don't know what you guys consider cold, but it's <laughs> it's actually warming up up here too. So. Cause we we was in the negatives for a minute. Uh, it's, not, well, it's, it's not nice up here. Well, we haven't hit any of that yet, so hopefully we don't. Yeah, hopefully you don't get like Texas. It's a winter storm down there. Yeah, I had to check on uh, some of my friends and family down there, and uh, they had uh, internet went out. That was about it. Um, but. Uh, they're they're good. Power and water and all that. Uh, I think it like maybe flickered off and came back right back on, but <clears throat> they're doing all right. But um, yeah, I mean, not too much. I know uh, brother Philip and brother Lance had some little issues, but uh, they seem to be all right. Yeah, we we uh, we had a minute there. We we thought we was gonna miss a week on an episode, but uh, we we finally knocked it out and gave you two episodes uh, that weekend. So um, I, I was gonna say let's do a wrestling returns, but uh, we got a request to uh, get that on the next episode of the the horror returns. Uh, Tim Davis said last episode was good, but it was lacking. Uh, wrestling returns so <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for for the horror returns because right. uh, you, you know lance loves when we do the wrestling returns <laughs> all right yeah i was gonna bring that up but yeah man we could save it <laughs> all right let's get into this uh 1982 cult classic class in 1984 action crime drama 
Class of 1984. Life is pain. Pain is everything. Somebody's got to stop this insanity. If they are the future, who will stop them? Class of 1984. Rated R. IMDb synopsis says... A new teacher at a troubled inner city high school soon finds or soon ends up clashing with delinquent leader of a punk posse that runs the school. All right. What does Google say? Ah, Google's coming with the simple one this time. A high school music teacher hunts a hoodlum student for attacking his wife. That's it. <laughs> That's not even well. It's like part of the movie. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was directed by Mark L. Lester and co-written by Mark L. Lester and Tom Holland. This film stars Perry King, Mary Lynn Ross, Timothy Van Patten, Lisa Lang Lois. Stefan Arngren, Michael Fox. He was not Michael J. Fox yet. And Roddy McDowell. Nez, what was the first, when was the first time you watched Class in 1984? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the old man of the bunch. I saw this one was brand new in the theater. Um, <clears throat> uh, I know I, we always go to poster art and looking at it, at the movie theater around the corner from my house and just seeing punk rockers. I was like, oh man, this this sounds good. I mean, I think I was in sixth grade at the time because I was uh, class of 1984. I wasn't as cool as these guys, but uh, so I was like, all right, cool, man. I want to see this. Um, it was rated R, so there was no way that I was able to just walk right in. Uh, I went and seen something else, which I cannot remember. And I snuck into the next theater just so I could see this. Um, <clears throat> I know I the the first time I missed maybe the first half hour of it. I had to sit through another movie. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> oh man, something stuck in my throat. But um, I'll edit this. Hold on. <coughs> Fuck. <coughs> Uh, yeah, I snuck in and saw this and then um, missed the first half hour, so I had to sit through it, um, the, whatever the second movie was, for me to see it again. And uh, I, I finally saw the beginning of what I missed. And I thought, a movie, I thought this movie was awesome. I mean, for what it was, especially for the time, because there was always talk about um, school violence. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in elementary at the time, so they're really they're not that I can remember that there was school violence, but I mean, nothing to uh, the measure of what was going on in this film, uh, especially uh, junior high and high school. I mean, there was always fights and stuff like that, but never uh, anything like this. I know the junior high school across the street from my house, uh, there was uh, somebody brought a gun to school. 
because a buddy of mine, uh, he was there when it happened. Uh, I don't think anyone was uh, was shot or anything, but uh, whoever had the gun did let off a round and everybody went running and everything. So that was as close as it got to as uh, school gun violence uh, in our neighborhood. But I didn't go to that uh, that junior high. I went to another one. But um, watching this film as a little sixth, sixth grader, basically, I was just like, wow. I mean, but I never thought to myself that it was cool to be like these guys, to be like Stegman and and his gang. I mean, I, I I saw the wrong because in the neighborhood I grew up, man, there was there was drugs and violence and everything all over the place. And I I was always one of those kids that seen that and would uh, would go the other way or or not be involved in, in it. I mean, my friends uh, they fell into a lot of that type of stuff, and some of them are not with us anymore. But um. Just taking the movie for what it was. I mean, because at the very beginning of the film, they they kind of they go into talking about violence within the schools and that uh, teachers are are, are basically not basically arming themselves. Because um, if you watch the making of this on the um, uh, the Shout Factory edition, uh, they talk to the, the to um, the director. And he goes into it, and he had to um, do a lot of research on, on stuff that was going on in schools and, and talking to police officers that had uh, to go to some schools where there was violence and everything. So he really did his homework and his research before uh, he tackled this project. So, I mean, I really love this film. I, mean, I thought all the acting in it was good. Um, Stegman, uh, what the hell was his name? Something Van Patten. Um, Timothy. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. He was he's been in um some other things in his younger years. And I think he retired from acting and then he stepped uh behind the camera and became a director. Um so yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at it right here. Um he's directed episodes of Perry Mason, Boardwalk Empire, Black Mirror, Deadwood, Game of Thrones, uh Sopranos, Sex in the City, The Wire. Yeah, he's he's done a lot. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I, I don't even remember the last thing I seen him in. Well, I think there was there was a show in the eighties called The Master with uh, Lee Van Cleef, and they were like ninjas. Um, it, it was goofy, but yeah, it, it was it was what it was. But um, his gang, uh, the big guy, I can't remember his name. I think, but um i remember he was fink in uh, that uh, bill murray movie meatballs so i mm-hmm. remember that plus he was in uh, uh my bloody valentine he was one of the one of the guys in in the film um the steven i think it was steve stefan or steven ingram or whatever his name was uh he had been in a bunch of things and i think he's still acting uh, one of the 80s cheesy horror films uh, there was a film called, um, uh, damn, what was it? Uh, Fear No Evil, I believe. He was like the the son of Satan or something. I mean, it's a goofy movie, but if, if you guys know what I'm talking about, you've seen it. But I remember him from that. And then I, I had totally forgot he was in uh, Class of 1984. But, but overall, I mean, I've seen this movie, I don't know, countless times in the theater. And then when it came on, like, late at night on, like, uh, USA's Up All Night with Rhonda or... Or uh, Gilbert Godfrey, I watched it. Yeah, I was all cut up and everything. But then 
once it hit VHS, I had it in DVD and uh, the Shout Factory put it out on Blu-ray. I was hoping that they would uh, make a steel book, but I don't know. But any of you Shout Factory guys are listening, please make this into a steel book so I can get it. But um, the movie is awesome. Um, can't really say much for the wasn't really a direct sequel, class of nineteen ninety nine. But um, <laughs> we'll get to that next time. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, <clears throat> I I love this film for what it is. I mean, I just thought everybody. Uh, was what did a really good job. Perry King was awesome in it. Uh, Ronnie McDowell, I mean, he's the legend right there out of everybody in it. And he did an amazing performance uh, as the, um, was it biology teacher or uh, science teacher? I, I can't remember. It was one but, of those. Yeah, one of those teachers. But, I mean, overall, I mean, the movie is awesome. I love it. Uh, I've introduced it to a lot of my friends that never even heard of it. Uh, uh, on E-Society we have the show Up to the Challenge uh, I challenged the, the Zisu to watch it he had never heard of it or seen it and after he watched it he was like he goes I was like shocked and he goes I love this film so I, I was glad that I introduced it to him but again I love this film when was the first time you seen this um, I seen it a long time ago when I was younger and it's been so long, I completely did not remember any of it. And then I believe, oh, I can't think of the listener's name. I want to say Jeff Larrymore, who was a Patreon of ours. Uh, this is one of his picks. And I watched it. And I don't think I gave it a fair chance because I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I wanted to love it. And I always wanted to revisit it. And I was I was just thinking, you know, no good a time is on the actual returns. And on this rewatch, I really, really enjoyed it more than I did the other two times I watched it. I thought everybody was good in here. Uh, Roddy McDowell playing them. I liked the role because he, he went from one of those teachers. He just did not want to get involved at all to basically snapping and wanting to take matters into his own hands. Um, I, uh, Michael J. Fox, he totally looked like somebody that's going to go tell on somebody. <laughs> he, he completely had that look about him. He was a little uh, uh, heavy, uh, Michael Fox. Before yeah. The added, but yeah, I think out of the actors, uh, Michael J. Fox and Roddy McDowell were pretty much the, the known actors. But Michael Fox, this was... I want to say it was his first movie, but I, I mean, don't quote my quote me on it everyone but um I and mean, even his little performance i mean what like the kids of the 80s when we see him all we think of is uh alex p keaton or uh marty mcfly from the back to the future films but um this one i mean i don't really ever hear him talking about this film i mean he talks about all the stuff that he's famous for but I don't know if anyone's ever brought this up to him. But, I mean, his little role, he's only in it uh, a few times, but he is kind of one of the, I wouldn't say the main characters, but his character is is in the movie throughout. So I thought his performance was good. But um, from what I understand, this was all filmed up in Canada. It was it was supposed to be in the in, in America, but 
um, I, I don't know. I guess it's cheaper to film up there, so that's where they film the whole film. But um, um, uh, going back to when I first seen this film, I remember. I mean, sitting in a the theater by myself. Uh, there was other people in there, but just uh, a little kid watching what was on the film. I mean, I I don't even know if I would even let my little sixth grade. Well, they're way past sixth grade, but maybe talking about my grandson, I don't even think I would let them watch this uh, if they were in the sixth grade. I mean, other than the the, the violence, uh, there was some graphic violence in this, as well as there was nudity and there was a rape scene Yeah, the, in it. A gang rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would let them do it. I mean... Now I tell my mom and my or my mom and my dad that all the crazy ass shit that I watched as a kid and they're like no one ever said anything to you? Nobody like asked where's your parents? I said that theater did not care as long as they got their money. I mean there was every there was every now and then there was one or two people that would say, Hey, uh, where's your parent or how old are you? You can't go in here. You need to go back in the other movie theater. But that was just rare. I mean, I sat mm-hmm. through a lot, a lot of horror and everything. And I mean, by myself at, at times. So, but I mean, this was one of them that I'm surprised nobody said anything to me. I mean, watching it pretty much twice uh, in, in one day. So, I, I, I mean, no one, no one said nothing. <laughs> so, uh, it was easy back then. It was easy to just, yeah, like you said, you can watch a movie twice and get up and go watch another movie. And nobody really it's not like they really care now either because it's a bunch of kids working in movie theaters now and they ain't going to tell you to get up and get out. I mean, if, if you had to pick a favorite scene in this film, uh, which part would it be? <sighs> um, the scene with Roddy McDowell when he snapped and he pulled that gun out and he was oh. forcing them to answer questions and for the most part, they was getting the, some of them were getting the answers right, and he was like, kind of like, see, they are learning, and except for uh, what's his name, uh, Stegman, yeah, <laughs> he was about to get it because he he's getting the wrong answers. But yeah, I just uh, I I just liked Roddy's whole uh, character arc through, through this. He was just like didn't give a shit, didn't want to get involved, and. Telling uh, the other teacher, you know, you might want to carry carry a piece on you, and just come and just completely snapped once he got involved in, or didn't mean to get involved. Uh, the other guy got him involved in, which caused uh, the gang to tear up his classroom and kill kill all those animals. And I guess that that kind of just set him over. And yeah, that that scene, and then um, I guess. The, the the end scene, because uh, according to the Google synopsis, which their synopsis was basically just the last half of the or last uh, act of the movie. But I, I, I liked all that. I liked him kind of going after, you know, defeating each uh, each hoodlum, each gang member, especially <laughs> the big dude, because that, that guy clearly was not in high school. <laughs> yeah. For- I can't remember his name in the movie. I just remember his Fink, uh, Fink from uh, Meatballs. But um, <clears throat> I think if I had to pick a scene, it would be 
<sighs> Shit, I just thought of it and I forgot. Um, oh, uh, another Roddy scene before before he snapped when um, the the teacher, the, the main guy, Perry King and Rod, they're at like a, a barbecue and he was talking. They were talking to each other and Roddy McDowell was just like, I just want to get through to one of these kids. I mean, because the school's just fucked up. It's, I mean, the school, the high school is a mess. I mean, there's uh, video cameras in the hallway and there's a metal detector you got to walk through. And there's graffiti all over the outside, all over the inside, inside the classrooms, everything. But he was like, he knew that these kids were just, um, some of them were from broken homes and maybe single parents. And he was like, I just want to get through to one of them. I mean, because it seemed like these, these, they weren't even really teachers. They were more like babysitters. Mm-hmm. That That's how it made it seem like uh, at the school, because a lot of the teachers just didn't, didn't care. They're like, well, we're just here collecting a paycheck and, and we have to deal with all these attitudes, uh, these teenagers. But that scene when he was just like, I'm just, I just try, want to try to get through to one of them. I know I could. And he just starts crying because he's just, he feels like he's a failure. I mean, Roddy McDowell is just an, an amazing actor and he's not just known for the Planet of the Apes series, which is an amazing series, everyone. The original one, not the CGI one. But <clears throat> he's done so much and it, it was just, he's hes that good of an actor because if you watch the making of it, they're, they're saying that he really, really went for it in this movie, like he, he took the script and made notes, and um, the scene that that my favorite scene when he's talking and he, and he's crying, they said they shot that scene over and over and over again, and always on that same cue, he was able to just let the tears out, and the director was like, I had never worked with anyone like that before, and, and he was just an amazing actor. So I mean, I out of everyone in it. I mean, he just took this role. I mean, it was, it was a different role for him because if you do watch all of his movies before he got to class in 1984, I mean, this was just something totally different because when he first came across the screen, in the beginning of the film, I was like, he's in this movie. And yeah, I was only in sixth grade, but I, I just love watching movies. So I knew I knew who he was. I mean, yes, that first time I had heard of him was from the Planet of the Apes films, but I just thought he did an awesome performance. And this, there's another scene where he, after he snaps, he, uh, he he really snaps and goes after him in his car and tries to run him over in the streets. Um, I, they were gonna use a stunt driver, but Roddy was like, "No, I want to do it." He goes, "Why don't you just <laughs> mount a camera on the hood?" And go. So the, the director, he was like, he was sitting in the back seat, laying in the back seat with the boom mic and everything. And he goes, I thought I was going to die because the car was going. If you watch the scene, if you guys have seen this film, it he's all over the road going back and forth. And they said that was him uh, that did it all. I, maybe not when you can't see him in the car, but when you when the when the the when the, the camera mounted on the hood is showing him and you see all the the background stuff it was really him driving the car all crazy he 
he thought that he he was gonna they were gonna he was just gonna lose it because the the uh, the street was wet, so he thought he was gonna like slide out, crash into a car, or maybe crash into the uh, the crowd because there was a lot of extras out on the street. So, but he said, "Nah, man, he he took this role and really went for it." So, I think out of everybody in this film, I thought he did um, did more than what he was supposed to do, and then just remembering the lines and repeating them. He like, mm-hmm. "I want to do this, I want to do that." So, I mean, I just thought his performance uh, was amazing. But yeah. I mean, I, uh, I mentioned. Go ahead. I was gonna say another scene that I I really enjoyed was. Um, uh, when Mr. Norris, uh, Perry, Perry King was uh, trying to kick uh, Stegman and his gang out, saying they didn't belong there. And then Stegman just gets on the piano and just is just going at it on the piano. Like, you know, he's he's got skills. He's got talent. And I, I, I just kind of like that they showed a different side of him for a second because he went back to the Stegman that we know throughout the movie. <laughs> he actually wrote that the music for that for that little piano part. Nice. I was watching, I assume the making or, or was reading something. I can't remember. They said that he he that was something that he wrote and he just put it in the movie and and they loved it. So I thought that was awesome. I think my um, with Stegman, it seemed like he wasn't like like his gang. The other game, they were like maybe they were just wild kids in the street and, and lived in bad neighborhoods. Stegman was a rich kid that lived in in a high rise with his mom, and he was just I don't know he was a spoiled rich kid and just wanted to be bad. So oh, he played that so well too. That scene where Mr. Norris comes, yeah, he's a mommy, make him leave, make him leave, mommy. I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, because these guys, this Stegman and his gang were were running the school. I mean, they ran uh, from what the cops were saying that the, there was drugs and, and prostitution. We we they, we end up seeing that doing them doing that later uh, in the film, and I was just like, wow. I mean, there was other there was another gang, Stegman and his crew were, were the white gang, and then there was uh, Juju and Leroy and, and the black gang. Um, because we should, they there's a scene where they're they're walking through the hall, Stegman and his gang, and they see uh, Leroy, uh, one of the, one of the, the the black gang members. He's selling uh, drugs to to these two girls. I mean, my only problem <laughs> with the uh, how they the dialogue for the black gang was just like. Just stereotypical, like, yo, man, <laughs> this stuff will get you higher than a kite. I'm big, you call me the medicine man. I was just well, like, I mean, come on, they named him Leroy and Juju, so you <laughs> see where he was going with this. So I was kind of like, whoa, I mean, but it was crazy. I mean, they did, they dropped an N word uh, once in this film. Um, and <clears throat> The school, man, it, it just seems like they didn't care because you got white guys walking around with swastikas on their T-shirt and nobody's telling them to go home and take it off. Or, I mean, I mean, there was even there was even swastikas and stuff written in the bathrooms. Oh, speaking of all the graffiti in the school, 
uh, they all got in trouble after they made this film because they said, yeah, uh, we're going to graffiti up the school, but don't worry about it. We'll we'll take it all down. We'll, we'll, we'll wash it all off and we're not using permanent stuff. But it turns out that they did. And there was some of the graffiti they couldn't get off. So they, I guess they had to pay some big fine to have whoever come in and sandblast some of it, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I was like, damn, did they just hand spray paint and pens the kids? And Here, write what you guys want. Because if you actually look at all the things written, written on the walls, it's a lot of crazy ass shit. <laughs> but I was like, damn. But um I mean, even in the classrooms, I mean, I mean, yeah, there's graffiti at every school, but not, I mean, even the, the schools, I went to a school in West Oakland, uh, in I think it was summer of 88, I believe. And from what I understand, that was like one of the roughest schools in Oakland. And yeah, there was graffiti here and there, but not, not like this film where it was everywhere <laughs> i mean and this was like right in the hood so i was i mean yeah it was a little overboard in the movie but i mean i guess that they were just trying to make it look like it was extra bad but i mean again it was a movie but <laughs> i mean it, it was crazy i mean i liked what they did i mean they really just went for it i mean the the thing that makes me laugh when i watch it now there's a uh, surveillance cameras in the hall and like today they're just small little bubbles and you mm-hmm. can see them. This was a huge, <laughs> uh, like a mailbox or something hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy. Um, the, uh, the other scene when uh, Stegman uh, and when they go up against uh, the black gang, I mean, even uh, Juju when he steps up and he's like, Hey, Nobody messes with my man Leroy. I'm gonna cut you white meat. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like who wrote the who who wrote the dialogue for for the black guys? I was like, come on. <laughs> it was screenplay by Tom Holland, Mark Lester, and John Saxton. Uh, well, for me, Tom Holland again. I'm gonna ask him, did you write that line <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the movie is, um, what was Perry King's name? Um, Mr. Norris. Mr. Norris. Yeah, Mr. Norris, he's, I think it was from Nebraska, they said. He shows up at this new high school, and he, I, I, I assume he didn't go there before he started, because he gets there and he sees how crazy this school is. Kids walking through metal detectors. And he even says, he's like, is, is this necessary? And then, I mean, Roddy McDowell's like, where have you been teaching? So, I mean, obviously he came from a small little town where this was all new to him. So, and then, then, then we're introduced to Stegman and, and his gang and everything. And then this, that, that's where it starts. Um, but I mean, like you said, Roddy McDowell's character, he did tell him, look, you need to just learn how to look the other way and just let these kids do what they do because you're going to get hurt because we, before they even went into the school, uh, Mr. Norris pulls up to Roddy McDowell's and he sees, uh, he's putting stuff in his briefcase and he sees that he's got a little handgun in there 
Because he even asked him, what's the gun for? And that's when he says, where, where have you been teaching? I, I mean, it was just like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you listeners. If your high schools were like this, this high school, if you if you haven't seen this film, if you haven't seen this film, it's streaming on, on uh, YouTube. So it's, it's no excuse why you haven't seen this. Or I think it's on Prime as well. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, that's where the story begins. And it just, Norris clashing with Stegman and his gang. And, because uh, it, it seems like all the other teachers in the school didn't just let, let Stegman and those guys do what they do. And, and didn't interfere. Didn't ask for their homework or anything. Because when we, we find out that Stegman, he's, he's the leader of the gang. We find out that he's uh, they're also dealing drugs in school, like I had mentioned, and, and everything. So it was, I mean, th- this school was fucked up, and it was crazy. <laughs> so um, I I know there's bad schools in America. I know there is. But I was, did they exaggerate a little more with this by the teachers not caring? So, I mean, I don't know. Was your high school like this? Um, I mean, there was there was guns and stuff, but there was not metal detectors and I mean, armed security guards, which was weird. There was armed security guards in this movie, but nobody cared because you got that scene when uh, I think uh, Mr. Norris sees somebody uh, get by the metal detector with something and he's like telling him, oh, he's he's got something. And everybody's just kind of like, oh, oh, well, got away. <laughs> yeah, but, they um passed through a, a straight razor. Yeah. And he tells him, hey, that kid's got a straight razor. And he was like, who? Where? And he goes, what? Then they, they had the security guard. I was like, alright, whatever. I didn't see it. I mean, that's that was the mentality of security, the, the principal, and every teacher in the faculty. I mean, it seemed like everyone would just let them do what they want and we're, we're going to get our paycheck on Friday. I mean, it just seems like none of them cared. I mean, there was kids there that wanted to learn because when, when we go into Mr. Norris, he was the music teacher. I mean, the, the class, it was pretty much the whole class was there ready to learn and ready to play. But when Stegman and those guys are in there, him, they're just basically just there. And I mean, they, we find out that they, they don't, they don't want to learn and they're doing the, Nazi salute and, and everything and I was like man um I know the, the they exaggerated to me they exaggerated with the with the uh, with their punk quote unquote attire uh, <laughs> I mean the, the only part they had real punks is when they were in that actual punk club and when they were all slam dancing and everything mm-hmm. um, but those guys they just you could just clearly see they were perpetrators but I mean <laughs> I mean they were just role they were just playing the role I mean speaking of that scene when they were in the punk club uh, the director said that okay we were gonna shoot this scene and we wanted real. He, he said real punks uh, to be in the scene. There was a band playing on stage and uh, everybody's slamming around, slam dancing and all that. Uh, the girl in Stegman's crew, I, I can't remember her name. I think it was Patsy. Yeah. Um, she had never seen any of that before and she just did not want to be in the scene. So she kind of 
they show her coming to the club and then I guess she stepped to the side because uh, the real punk girls didn't like her. They knew she was false. <laughs> I mean, it's a movie. She's a, she's an actor, but no. I mean, I mean, punks. I'm not saying all of them are like that, but some are. I mean, they if you're trying to perpetrate, and they're gonna they're gonna call you on it. So they said they had to keep her away from all of them because the girls were ready to fight her. But the boys, uh, Stegman and those guys, they said they they got into it, man. They jumped out there. You see them jumping off the stage, and you see Big Fink just mowing fools down. They said they had a good time. They, the director said after they were done, after they yelled cut, it was kind of hard to get everyone to stop. He said they were they had to really just, hey, all right, all right, all right, because they said it got out of control. Yeah, Fink's uh, name was uh, Barnyard. Did they even say his name at all? No, but I had to look it up. He's Barnyard, and she was Patsy, and then the other guy was, uh, I think, Drugstore? Yeah, that was that Ingram guy, and the other dude with the glasses was um, Fallon, I believe. He seemed, he did not look like a teenager. At all of them, he looked the oldest. (laughs) (laughs) but from what I understand, I think he had to leave the set because um, his wife had a baby or something, so he had to take off. But he, he, he def- definitely wasn't a kid then. He had to go <laughs> take off to see his pregnant wife. He shot all his scenes and everything, but I mean that scene in the club. Other than <sighs> were these guys seniors? I I don't know. I, I just we we didn't. I don't know, but. I mean, how bad were these guys to, they were able to have their own little, uh, basically a clubhouse uh, in this club. And, and these are kids, teenagers. And I'm like, are they that bad that this club owner that owns this punk club is so scared of them? Or who knows, maybe they were they were paying him uh, yeah. with, with all the, the extortion and, and drug money and prostitution uh, that was going on. (laughs) That was even crazy. I mean, of course, all these actors in it are over 21. Because if you sit there and think about it, there was one girl that came in there and she was like, uh, they go, yeah, this is whatever her name was. And she wants, uh, she says she'll hook for him for some toot. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard, heard anyone ever say toot, but anyway. I, I, I heard it one other time. They said it in uh, Howard the Duck. Oh. <laughs> one of the one of the guys at the club sees Howard. He's like, oh, I think I'm doing too much toot. <laughs> but, so this girl's a teenager, I, I would say. And then they basically make her uh, get naked. Well, first they give her some coke and then or toot. And then... <laughs> They say, yeah, all right, well, take your clothes off and let, let's see you. And I, I, I never really thought about any of this as I'm watching these movies when I was growing up. But they're, they're supposedly supposed to be teenagers and everything. And then you, they get fully naked and everything. Um, yeah, I probably enjoyed it when I was a kid. But now I'm like, these are supposed to be teenagers. Or what are we doing here? But um, Or even before that girl got in there, they, they brought in the the hell is his name? Vinny Cantino. Says typical uh, Italian metal thug guy or something. 
they bring him in. He goes, yeah, I'd like to work for you guys. And he goes, well, what can you do? I think he's going to sell drugs for him or something like that. But, I mean, and these are all little teenagers wanting to work for a group of bad teenagers. <laughs> I mean, it's funny if you sit there and think about it. But, I mean, I was just like, wow. I mean, I assume this, this is me thinking maybe they were paying the club owner that to for them to, to have their little hangout and everything. I mean, you got drugstore over there shooting up and I was like, damn. (laughs) Where is this city? Uh, it was in Canada. It was supposed to be somewhere in America. They, they never really said, but, uh, it was, it was filmed in Canada. Uh, Um, So it's just inner city America. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the scene that the, the street that we're on, they kept, they must've just, blocked off that street every single day because every time there was a, a a scene in the film when they were in the street, it was on that very same street because at the end of the street, you see these big giant double uh, A's. It was called A&A. It was a, uh, I guess, a big music store in uh, Canada. I don't remember what part of Canada it was. I actually had to look that up because I was like, what's this, what's this A&A music? So I looked it up and it was whatever, whatever Canada. So that's where uh, this all took place. So, I mean, that was like, you can clearly see that because the the whole scene with Roddy, when he was chasing him down, that was filmed on that street. Uh, the scene when uh, Stegman and the gang uh, trap um, Michael J. Fox and uh, the other girl, I can't remember her name. When they had him in that alley, that it was it was on that same street. So, I mean, I just uh, maybe that's all whatever city they were in. You can only work on this street and nowhere else. The, the high school and the street, that's it. So, but I was okay. But I mean, you do what you got to do when you make a movie. But I mean, but the rest of the film, it was back and forth with, uh, with Mr. Norris and Stegman's crew to where they got to the point that they gang raped Mr. Mrs. Norris. I don't know. It's like, man, how fucking bad are you kids? I exactly. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they, they were all bad. I mean, they just, they broke into the house. Well, Mr. Norris went off to the school cause he was, uh, conducting the the concert and they all break into his house and just rape his wife and take Polaroids and everything. I was like, man, I mean, these, these kids just did, did not care. Yeah. And and the one thing that's different from other movies is there's, there's usually one that's not really that bad, but every single one of them was, you guys are terrible fucking people. (laughs) I know. And I mean, going back to Stegman, I'm mean, again, he, he was the rich kid and I'm like, why? I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he just wanted to be cool. And this is He's what he was doing. Yeah. This is what he was doing to think he was cool. Uh, I was, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, I want to know what he, how he got his crew, what made them want to be with him. I mean, cause he, he didn't look very tough, but I mean, you got this 
big giant dude, big old football player uh, looking guy. And that other man looking kid that <laughs> wasn't a teenager. <laughs> I mean, because what? There was only four of them. And because that, that scene when they um, they had the fight with the, with the black gang, there were seven of them. But then again, um, Stegman and those guys came with like bats and sticks and chains. And those other guys just had knives, and um, the sticks can reach uh, reach you before the knife can cut you. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you, white meat. I think that was uh, my. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh every time I hear that line. But no one messes around with my man Leroy. I'm gonna cut you, white meat. Cut this. This movie was nuts. I mean, I mean, getting to well, yeah, we're all over the place on this one. <laughs> but I mean, but th- that was pretty much Norris was was trying to teach. He he was even trying to talk to Stegman to like, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you why are you guys? He tried to reach out to them, but they just they weren't having it. They were they were too far gone. So. Uh, it made it seem like that was the reason why they kept going after him. Because, all, like like I said, all the other teachers were just looking the other way and, and letting them run the school the way they were running it. He was the only one that was trying to stop them. So that's why they kept having uh, conflict after conflict with them. Um, there, there's a scene when um, there's a drug deal going in, on in the bathroom. Uh, and Mr. Uh, Norris comes in and... and he misses it. It's uh, Michael J. Fox and, and one of his friends. They're buying, I think it was Angel Dust uh, from Stegman and those guys. And uh, this made me laugh because as soon as they bought it, that guy just immediately started to snort it all. And he snorted that whole little bag all in <laughs> one take. Uh, I think you're supposed to let it ride out for a while. but. Yeah, that was impressive, and him climbing up that flagpole was kind of impressive because I was like, where are you going? But, I mean, I guess if you do a whole bag. <laughs> because he, uh, when when he does it and then and Mr. Norris comes in, he goes, all right, you guys line up and empty out your pockets. So they all start throwing the, the, the wallets and keys and stuff. Um. You see, he starts going down the line. He asks Michael J. Fox, "Well, what's going on?" He goes, I, "I'm, I'm not." Oh no! He starts. Uh, Mr. Norris starts looking around. He finds a little baggie uh, in the urinal, and he's like, "All right." I mean, he can clearly see it's got residue in it. And he's like, "All right, whose is this?" And they're like, that, "That ain't ours. That ain't ours." And he asks Michael J. Fox. He goes, oh, "I don't mess with that shit." And he goes, "None of us do." Him and his buddy, but you see his buddy there, like pulling at his face and you can clearly see he was hella high because his eyes were all red and he was just like he was looking through the walls <laughs> but he tells them all right uh, you guys can go so they end up leaving and that's when that guy was so dusted he climbed the the, the flagpole yeah he must that whole bag must have did him dirty because <laughs> I, I don't think i could have called that flagpole was high too <laughs> yeah <laughs> he climbed up there and had to make his political statement with the Pledge of Allegiance and then just, I guess, the flag tore and he ah, fell, fell to his death. Um, and then when the police and all that show up, uh, they, Mr. Norris knows that, uh, that he bought drugs 
from uh, Stegman and those guys. But um, what was Michael J. Fox's name? I can't remember. He was uh, Arthur. All right. Because he know he's like, Arthur, you, we know your friend bought the drugs for them. You, why don't you just tell the cops that? And he's like, I don't know nothing. He goes, I, I don't know nothing. Because he did tell him, he's like, look, if I say something, they're going to get me. So he goes, I, I, I'm not saying anything. That's when Stegman and those guys caught him. And uh, what was the girl's name? Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember her name. Deanan? Dean? Yeah. Which I was like, why are you guys questioning him out in the open in front of everybody? You guys yeah. you know, make it look like he's talking. Janine, I think her name was. Okay. Um, yeah, because the, the cops are there. And I mean, Stegman and those guys are like way far away, but they can clearly see he's he standing there talking to the Norris and the police. But I mean, he never ratted anyone out. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know nothing. But I mean, that's what that's not what Stegman and those guys see. They see him talking to the teachers mm-hmm. and the cops. So, I mean, because Mr. Norris went to the cops and was like, why can't you do anything about these guys? You know. They're doing all this. He goes, well, he goes, we can't do anything. He goes, other than they're minors, we can't touch them. He goes, they, the only way we can bust them for something is if you're holding their hand while, while they're robbing you. And Mr. Norris <laughs> is like, what? I mean, yeah, the law, I mean, there's, there's ways to get around the law, <laughs> especially if you're a minor. So, I mean, they... I mean, he, the cop wasn't lying. I mean, he, I, I think he knew that these guys were doing stuff, but you, I, you had to catch them in the act and nobody was coming. Cause the cop said, he goes, nobody's going to come forward and tell, tell us that what these guys are doing. So, I mean, cause that's what um, Michael J. Fox said, Arthur, he said, I, I'm not telling them that. I, I don't know. Cause they're going to get me if I say anything. So, so that's why they, they were keeping their eye on him. And they basically had him uh, attempted murder when they got uh, that one guy from the beginning of the film, uh, Vinny Cantino, to uh, <laughs> murder uh, Arthur at school. <laughs> so they give him a knife. Uh, they start this big fight uh, in the in the cafeteria, and then Vinny walks up to to Arthur and stabs him in the gut, and then he goes down, and then. V- to Stegman and those guys all get the hell out of there before uh, security and everybody shows up. So Arthur's in the hospital and they're not really sure if he died or anything, but they're, they're still kind of keeping an eye on him. But Arthur finally said, look, cause Mr. North, he's like, dude, I, well, we know, you know, they did this to you. And he finally goes, look, man, he goes, if I say anything, they're just going to come after me again. But I think Mr. Norris kind of wore him down, and then he finally said, "Yeah, all right." Vinny was the one that stabbed me. So uh, you soft, Arthur. <laughs> I mean, they came at you when you didn't say anything. So what's going to happen when they find out you really did say something? Well, they knew because they they took Vinny down, and then uh, Stegman and all they were all in the in the police station. But they were like, "Well, he, they, that's when they said we ain't got nothing on them." Yeah, we got a witness. For Vinny, but these guys, we, we have to let them go. So I think that's when uh, Stegman and those guys were finally like, you know what, we, we, we just got to get Norris. We, I mean, no, we're not going to beat them up. And they, 
they were going to kill him. Because um, after, uh, when Arthur was still in the hospital, Mr. Norris, like, grabbed um, Stegman and took him in the bathroom and told him, he goes, "We, I know you guys did this to Arthur. And I, I know you guys sold drugs and to whatever his name was and the, the kid that fell off the flagpole. He goes, I can't prove it, but I know you did it. And he was like almost to the point of beating Stegman and Stegman. This, well, I guess he did this before uh, Tyler Durden or <laughs> what, what was <laughs> Edward Durden? Well, I guess they just called him the narrator in Fight Club. Yeah. Because Stegman's like, oh, yeah, and slams his head into the mirror and cracks it. Blood's coming out of his forehead. And then he slams his head into the paper towel dispenser. And then slams his mouth onto the to the sink and he's got blood coming out of his mouth blood coming out of his head he wipes blood off of his face rubs it on mr norris as the security comes in and he goes he's trying to get me he was trying to kill me and again when when mr norris is questioned by the principal the security goes look i came in he's he's got a hold of this kid there's blood on the, the kids all bloody he's got blood on him because he knows Stegman. He knows he's all psychotic and, and would do something like this. So, but they, again, they, they couldn't prove it. So, I mean, I mean I'm surprised that Stegman didn't, uh, well, I guess I can't see why he didn't. He didn't press charges on him or, or Mr. Norris would have been arrested. But that's when he went to, to Stegman's house. When we find, this is when we find out that he's a rich kid. Because he lives in this nice apartment building. Plus, he's got a badass car. Again, I'm not familiar with cars, but that yeah, car he, was. <laughs> he had a badass car. Because <laughs> yeah, he goes there and tries to talk to him, or he tried to. Mr. Norris tries to talk to Stegman's mom. She's like, "Haven't you done enough? If you want to talk to me, you need to talk to my lawyer." Because before, when he's knocking on the door, and then you you hear Stegman like, "Mommy, don't let him in, please, mommy." I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but he was he was that crazy because his mom went in the other room. He walks over to the to the intercom. I don't know. He I don't know how he timed it so perfectly to where Mr. Norris was walking by when he was like, teacher, teacher, and then you come to my house again, I'm gonna kill you. And Mr. Norris was like, fuck all this. He goes that you break no, he goes into the, the garage and finds Stegman's car and Breaks in, hot wires it, and then just crashes into the walls and in, in the pillars. And that's when the, the next day, that's when Stegman comes charging in. You did it. You broke my car, you motherfucker. I'm going to kill you. And he starts cussing and yelling at him. And Mr. Norris is just sitting in the in the desk like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's threatening him. Looked like he was getting ready to jump on Mr. Norris, but that's when a security guard walked in and they said, I'm going to get you. And and he leaves. And I, I think this was the night that uh, of the concert, because mm-hmm. that's when they go break into uh, Mr. Mr. Norris's house and gang rape his wife and take Polaroids. I mean, that scene was was brutal. They, they, they don't show much, but but you know what they're doing. And I was like, wow, man, it was just. And she was pregnant, too. I, I don't I don't know. If she lost the baby from being raped. But I mean, how wild are these kids to, to do something like that? I mean, it was, uh, again, picturing my little sixth grade mind 
watching this movie. I mean, I had seen Death Wish already, so and there was a, a huge rape scene in that in that first film. And watching, I mean, I knew it was what they were doing was bad, and I, I knew all the stuff they were doing throughout the movie was bad, so I was able to comprehend that. But uh, shit was crazy. I mean, because we get to the concert, Mr. Norris is ready to conduct his class. Uh, Patsy comes running in. Oh no, she comes in and she hands uh, some Polaroids to, and I think it was an envelope. Another teacher comes in, and goes, "Oh, here, someone gave you this." He opens it up. They don't show what's on the picture. He just looks at it and he realizes it's his wife. And he looks at the door. He sees Patsy at the door. Then he goes hauling ass after her. and She goes running. I assume they went way to the other side of the of the, of the high school. Because he goes chasing them down the hall. And uh, they end up, uh, three of them. Uh, Stegman had Mr. Norris's wife. And Fink and Fallon and, and drugstore, they all they they beat up Mr. Norris in the hallway, and then they all go running off. So he goes he goes looking for them, and then uh, he gets jumped again in the gym, right? Was it the gym or was it their full auto shop they had in there? No, because remember the um, I think it was drugstore came swinging in on the rope. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because they they knocked him and beat him up again in there, and that's when we see Stegman uh, holding uh, Mr. Norris's wife, and then they all go running off again. So he kind of goes hiding, and then they're, they're like they're they're all going to kill him. So they all go looking looking for him. Uh, so they all spread up, they all break up, and uh, start searching for him. Mr. Norris is hiding in the um, I think it was a wood shop or something. Yeah, it was a wood shop. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, Fallon goes in there, the the man kid. <laughs> he goes in, and, and they kind of go at it for a little while and fight. And then uh, Mr. Norris uh, turns on the the circular circular table saw. He uh, well, first Fallon tries to get him, like shove his face into it, but then he reverses it and slams Fallon down and ends up cutting Fallon's arm off. And he's, ah, he's screaming because his arm's off. And then he kind of picks him up. Mr. Norris picks him up and then slams him right on top of it. And the blade goes into his back and kills him. And then he ends up leaving. Um, uh, Drugstore and Fink and I think Patsy, they come in and they see Fallon. He's dead. And that's what they're like, ah, they start screaming and go running out 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 of the room looking for Mr. Norris. Mr. Norris goes into, I don't know. The, I think it was the auto shop, yeah, because gasoline, he dumps gasoline all over the floor. Uh, drugstore comes in first, and then uh, Mr. Norris lights up a blowtorch, and he's, like, holding it, and he's, he's getting ready to, to uh, no, drugstore was going to rush him, but then he, like, lights the gas uh, on the floor on fire, and then it goes, <laughs> and gets all over drugstore, and he, I don't think he died. He just got all burned up because when they come in, I mean, he's not burning anymore, but he's like, his eyes are still open and you, you see him breathing. So he just got really, really burnt up. But uh, that's when Fink comes in and charges after him. Uh, you you got to give it to him, man, because he was uh, Mr. Norris was swinging one of those big ass crescent wrenches and hey, uh, blocking him with his forearms. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it was nothing. <laughs> And then he tackled him, 
and uh, they were under um, one of the, there was a car up on. All right, I have a this is this is where I got a problem. They <laughs> they had the car up on these on these uh, these little jacks, and I'm like, how the hell did high school kids get that car that high on those jacks? <laughs> I don't know. Usually they would have some kind of lift, but there was no lift in there. So I don't know how these little high school kids did it. But anyway, so they're in there fighting. Patsy gets in another car that's in there. She fires up the engine and goes hauling ass towards uh, Mr. Norris and Fink. And Mr. Norris jumps out of the way. She's just full speed slams into Fink. And he goes and kills him instantly and slams him into the wall. But she hits the, the jack stands and that car that uh, that was on the jack stand comes down and crushes the top. And uh, I assume the it caved in and uh, did, just broke her neck or something because she she's in there all, all bloody and everything. So he's like, fuck. So he ends up uh, running out of the class, running out, still looking for his wife. He uh, sees him. He chases um, Stegman. Uh, and uh, Mr. Norris's wife up to the roof uh, of the school, of the auditorium. Uh, those two get into a little battle. Well, first, uh, Stegman cuts um, Mr. Norris's wife on the chest. He has a little a knife and slices her, and he throws her down, and they start fighting. And uh, Mr. Norris is getting his ass beat, then he starts beating up Stegman, and then he ends up, like, just clocking him hella hard. Stegman goes crashing through... Uh, these, uh, I guess it's a sky, sky view window or something. He goes yeah. falling through that. And there's, for some reason, there's ropes all over the place for him to grab onto. <laughs> so he holds onto it. And um, Mr. Norris was leaning down there and Stegman's like, I'm going to fall. Can you help me or I'm going to fall? So Mr. Norris is kind of reaching down like, well, here, grab my hand. So he kind of grabs, Stegman grabs Mr. Norris's hand. But then he reaches around and pulls a knife out of his pocket and like "fuck you, motherfucker," and and, and tries to and tries to cut him. And then Mister Norris just pulls back and then just boosh, clocks him in the face and he goes ah. He falls in. I don't know how the rope got around his neck, but he falls through all these ropes and uh, and then just hangs himself in in full auditorium. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, how evil are you? You're just gonna you had a chance to be saved but you're gonna try to stab him at the last second <laughs> so he's laying there hanging uh, and he's dead and that that's pretty much your movie i mean you mm-hmm. see mr norris just checking on his wife and then we see stegman hanging there by, by his neck everyone's screaming and next thing you know, you see the front of the high school as kids are going into school and then the credits start rolling. <laughs> um, quick little thing that uh, that I learned from the uh, from the making of it. Um, they, f- they filmed the scene, uh, but the I guess one of the heads of the of the studio didn't like the ending because he because of the, the, the ending they filmed Stegman killed himself. He was holding on to that rope, and when Mr. Norris was trying to reach out and grab and, and help him, he just let go and fell and hung himself. See, I would have been 
excuse me, I would have been okay with that if he was so evil to the point where he would kill himself to make it seem like Mr. Norris killed him. He, he, the, the guy, the head guy was like, I didn't like that. He goes, after all the shit he had been through that night, killing all the other guys, he goes, why didn't he kill him? So they were like, Ugh, you know what? Give me a couple of days and come back and, and I'll show you the ending. So I guess that he thought about it. Like, well, shit, man, I can't shoot this whole scene over again. He goes, cause it was perfect. What he did, he said, he goes, he just got uh, Perry King, bloodied him up, put the, the camera down. And he goes, all I want you to do is cock your fist back and punch the camera. <laughs> that's all he did. And that's what they added. And, and they just added to what they filmed already. And then he took the back the film, showed the head guy, and he goes, awesome. I love it. Put it out. So that was how they, they got around that. Because he did say, like, how am I going to do this? Because, he, because of course, you got to go get the whole crew, go get uh, Timothy Van Patten again. And he goes, they just, you know what? We're just going to do this. We, all we need is Perry King and a camera. And and that's what they did. So, uh, yeah, that's that's class of 1984. I mean, I love this film. I, I think it's an amazing film. Uh, seeing it for years and I watch it pretty much all the time. So, I mean, I, I just love this film. I, I, I can't get enough of it. It is cheesy and it, it, it does a little stupid at times, but I mean, it, it was, it was a movie before it's time because mm-hmm. flash forward to the past few years with the school violence that's going on in America, kids showing up, with with rifles or handguns and just massacring their their fellow students. I mean Columbine and all these other schools. I mean it's it's crazy. I mean it, it maybe not to so far to where the the school is full of graffiti and 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 prostitution and all that. But yes, there's there is drugs in high there was drugs in my high school. But I mean as far as violence, I mean other than just fights that was it, but there wasn't gun violence like there is today. So, I mean, this, this movie did kind of was preparing everyone. This, this is how schools can be and and, and it's going that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I thought this, this film, it, it said a lot. Uh, it came out way back in the day and maybe way before some of you listeners were born, but I mean, this this movie. I mean, there was other films before this one. I mean, there was back in the old uh, black and white days where there, there was uh, school school violence, I mean, violent films that, that happened in schools. But I mean, it's crazy on, on how they how they did this. I mean, what they did in this film, and it was all supposed supposed to be teenagers uh, causing all the violence, causing the rapes, and selling drugs and everything. I mean, it's this movie is way before its time, and it's crazy. But I mean, again, I can I can enjoy for enjoy what it is, enjoy all the awesome performances by all these actors, and I think this is a film that if you haven't seen it, I think this is a film that you should see. And yeah, 
maybe older, your older teenagers sit down and watch this with them. Cause who knows, maybe they can, they can tell you others. I mean, stuff that they've seen in their schools, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's up, it's up to the parents if they, if they want their kids to see this. But again, if you don't have Amazon, it is streaming on YouTube uh, and the, the, the copy on there is clear. So um, just search for it and, and you'll find it. There's there's a few uploads of this film on there, but there's the one that I watched. It, it's just crystal clear. It's awesome. All right. That was class of 1984. On the next episode, we are going to travel to the oh so distant future of 1999 with Mark L. Lester's (laughs) follow-up science fiction action thriller horror, according to Wikipedia, class of 1999. All right. Anything else, Naz, before we get out of here? No, um, that's it. Oh, you want to be a part of it that also is on youtube so you'll be able to watch it there everyone so um yeah take it for what it is but definitely watch class of 1984 first i mean this is to me is just just a, a pure 80s classic and, and a masterpiece for for what the film is but as far as that i, I ain't got nothing else um e-society we got uh we, we, we really got to tackle our WandaVision stuff. We we're six episodes behind. We're just going to do one big, one big show and just run through what we can. If you guys are, if you guys watch uh WandaVision, it's an awesome show if you haven't. So, but that's all that we got. Uh, we got coming. Um, as far as Magnus podcast, I mentioned this on, uh, one of our other latest East society shows. I hit my five year mark. Uh, for the MacNest podcast, I got some interviews lined up. I just got to figure out uh, the time when to do them. A um, couple wrestlers, native wrestlers, and another guy that runs his own comic book convention. So that's coming. Just got to nice. figure out time when to sit down with these uh, ladies and gentlemen and, and figure out uh, when we can do it. But that's what that's coming. Uh, not anytime soon, but it's coming. But yeah, as far as that East Society, we got another episode coming pretty soon. Probably when I get back home, we'll knock that out. Cover some uh, new TV shows as well as a um, couple few, uh, new movies. And yeah, that's it. So, but as far as that, everyone, please be safe out there. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. So until then, party on. And uh, you already heard what's next coming for the action returns. Um, we got stream fiends coming for you too. And uh, I believe Nez is going to join us on the next episode of the horror returns, where we talk about the vigil and the 2012s of possession. So until then, everybody stay safe.